When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Steph Sedai. The oak fought the wind and was broken. The willow bent when it must and survived. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Fires of Heaven, Part 6, Chapters 44 through 47. As my friend, uh, it's been a little bit, uh, sort of a delayed episode here, but that is okay. As is uh, about to leave his frolicking around in Germany. Wow. Uh, what's the word? Gallivanting? <laughs> Are, you know, do you feel like gallivanting? you're gallivanting over oh there? Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, I've been, I've been, because I was here and then you know this, we had a, a Bannerman hangout for Bend the Knee. I was over in Scotland. So I went over to Scotland for a bit. Now I'm back to Germany and I believe we'll be back early September here. So we're finishing up. We're right at the end of August. I've got a couple, like a week and a half left and then I'll be headed back to ohio and we will be cranking out uh more episodes for you guys so yeah been a bit it's uh, there's a nine hour time difference between you and i yeah it's tough i it, yeah it's it's, it's late like nine at, it's nine at night for me and that's past my bedtime here so uh you know <laughs> Match i think bed. i'm gonna be ent- i'm gonna be entering teleron Riyadh halfway through the episode here so if you just see me <laughs> Could you? Oh, that's in the freaking <laughs> dream world. Oh I'm going to spend this episode in the dream world. Okay. So just. Holy crap. What if all of a sudden, like, we saw you on. By the way, friends, don't forget you can check oh, out. Jeez. Oh, no, she is. Yeah. What if you could. What if we saw you, your clothes start to change like they do, right? The girls are always imagining themselves in, like, you know, skimpy clothing or whatever. And Matt, we just see Matt just. <laughs> jeez. Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm dreaming of as. Yeah. I'm dreaming of the right tools for the job, my friend. Yeah. Okay. As I'm excited to tell you about the right tools for the job. Okay. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits and your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tool for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Uh, yeah, I, this is, this is definitely a great product. And if you go check out Sir Ezra's social media, you will see that I use this product. I am posting it in my story on Instagram at Womprat underscore two M friends. So I personally use it. It is a great product and you need it when you're traveling abroad. There's a travel kit, Matt. You can, apparently it holds, it, it will hold all your entire solar system, right? It can be held. That's with, what it says. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty baller. Get it? pretty baller 
I see uh, what travel you did there. Bag. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's it, it, as you said, as yeah, it's a great product here. I mean, would it trim loyal? Would it even keep him, you know, trimmed up? Well, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, he, he's got the eyebrows for it, for sure. I mean, the eyebrows, the nose hair, the ears hair, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he definitely is an individual who could use it you think he does you think loyal does trim no. up though okay not at yeah. all <laughs> not even not close. not not one bit but he should and you know how he could do it by getting 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that is 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you that's what I'm talking so, about. So uh, as speaking of manscaping, you know who it really looked to me like he could use a little bit of uh, cleaning up and some maybe a bath? Yeah. Low gain in those photos that were leaked that we saw. We did a YouTube video on it. Yeah. Then they sort of published them. They were in a magazine. Sir Jimmy actually sent me one today mm-hmm. that was different. Did you see this in our Twitter what? thread? There is a on. new photo my friend and it's moraine riding a horse it's really about all it is doesn't show us anything sort of super special i'm not entirely sure where he got this okay um let's take a look here oh i think it is yeah she's on a horse um yeah right you know the 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 interesting thing here about this this picture um is that it says sci-fi i guess i didn't realize that um the wheel of time was sci-fi yeah, what's going on with that? Sci-Fi magazine or something, or are they just promoting it there? Or what's? I guess what's is the it deal? Sci-Fi. Theoretically, it is a futuristic. Oh uh, yeah, I well book I mean, series, I suppose. I I yeah, I guess so. It's it's high fantasy and it's sci-fi. Um, kind of. Right. I don't. I don't know about the sci-fi piece though. I don't feel like. I feel like it could be in different ages. This current age that yeah. we're looking at, not so sure. And now it's time to jump into Matt's favorite se- segment, which is Rafe. We got a problem. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me see here. He he says, and I'm and I'm quoting. This is a direct quote here. The Aes Sedai, such as Pike's Moraine, are the most powerful people in the world. Rafe Jutkin says. God dang it! By the light. Um. I just have one thing uh, to question about that. So yeah. he doesn't say are some of the most powerful people. He says no. they are, quote, the, the... most powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, guess, well. yep. you know, it, isn't there some little guy <laughs> named, oh, I don't know, the dragon reborn <laughs> Rand Althor? Have we just forgotten about have him, we've apparently the dragon is not riding it, on the winds of time and kick him out one. it's time his it, it's i'm about to <laughs> vote him out is this survivor you know give me a pen give, give, give me a piece of paper <laughs> i'm doing this right here right here right now <laughs> please do please do his mm-hmm. life is this something is this something i can write on yeah, matt's writing right on here. on bills he's just he, he pulled out his his energy bill and, and, and he's writing and, on the and, and, and in tonight's count yeah this is where i gotta stare right in the camera yeah there was no alliance made. I'm I'm voting for Rafe. You know I'm gonna take a screenshot of that and just tag him in it and just you know, his light has been extinguished. His light I, was already extinguished. Well, he it was. <laughs> right. He's he's trying to rekindle it here at the show. No. Um interesting. You know, I've been thinking a lot about Rafe and in the Wheel of Time in November. It's coming up. We've been talking with Sir Jimmy. By the way, the Fantasy Network, we're going to keep pushing him uh, until you guys go over there and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Wonderful. If you're into books and you're into to literature and fantasy literature, that's your guy. You should go there and check him out. But we're talking in our, our group chat. Is he... <laughs> we also cover Bend the Knee, so I'm going to make a reference to, to, to that as well here. Is he the showrunner that that was promised? Right? Is he the showrunner that, that can, can guide us through this i think he is i think the marketing stuff maybe has nothing to do with him i don't know if he's behind like all of that is that a mishap is that a misstep what i thought you were going to start this this whole segment off with which is where is the trailer where is it where by the, is, i mean seriously summer though. is ending damn it 
and we don't have a freaking trail. I mean, I guess technically summer goes till September twenty second. September twenty first. Yeah. First. Okay. So I, that's the fall. Hold on. You've got equinoxes and then you've got solstices. There's I, the summer, the winter and summer solstice, and the uh-huh. fall and spring equinox. equinox and I, yeah. I think you can put you can stand an egg up on one of them. I don't know at like the <laughs> okay, right time. Okay. There's like third gate, third grade science project. Like get the egg out, you set it up, and then you know, are you kidding me? Stand on it. That's like how it works. Yeah, you can like. I think it's the equinox. You can do that because it's like the Earth set like a perfect balance or something. What if we'll have a special episode, friends, on September 21st? Come back. We'll do it live. Uh, we'll stand an egg up on its head here or its side or whatever Matt's talking about. I've not heard of that. That's actually kind of cool. Can you balance an egg on the spring equinox? That's what they told us, man, in third wow. grade. Were we lied to? <laughs> Probably the same way Rafe lied to us about the trailer. Where is it? Seriously, no, <laughs> where is the trailer? I I I don't know. It it's a it's a hot topic for me. Uh, uh, just no, like we don't want to trigger Matt here. So just like just like the store I used to shop at when I was an emo kid. It's a hot topic. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. So anywho, let's uh man, let's uh but yeah, as we we saw those pictures, so we did a YouTube video. Um, just sort of talking about what was then just the leak. Uh, and all we saw was Rand and Perrin. Now we've seen the full cast. We've seen a few other, other pictures as well. Um, and so we get to see sort of the costuming and, you know, I don't know if any of these are really, it's hard to say that any of these are sort of direct photos that we'll see in the show. Um, they could just be sort of principal photography. The one of them all walking, I think is clearly just some sort of like photo shoot, uh, right, that production material. But what do you think that we've now that we've seen a little bit of the costuming, um, more than we saw when we just did a YouTube video? And what do you think that what do you think about the costuming? I, I think it's really cool, actually. I was encouraged. Uh, I know Moraine is supposed to be the the main character of the season, and they're pushing Moraine super hard, and she's she, she's it, right? I think it's a, a Game of Thrones situation where Eddard Stark is like that main character who we lose at the end of season one, right? Moraine is a character that they're building up. At, like, we're going to shift focus. Eventually, it'll become Rand. It'll be the Dragon Reborn and so on. But for now, she has to be exalted, lifted up. So she's right there in the center, right? She, she's in the center. You've got She's flanked by the Emmonsfielders and we're supposed to kind of not know who the Dragon Reborn is. It's supposed to be probably a mystery for all of season one and revealed right at the end of some big cliffhanger. So that's pretty cool. I think they all look good. The reason I'm saying that is because Moraine was pushed forward in the little teaser trailer and her costume was shown first. And it's the one that is like probably the most off or different and that's okay because now when you see her next to everyone else it distinguishes her a little bit more from them and makes it seem like okay she's in some position of uh power and prestige if you will because she's one of the, she's a member of the Aes Sedai and it looks a little bit different when it's just her but when she's with everyone else it's meant to kind of clash and I guess I guess I kind of get that which which is cool because I thought Rand looked great I thought Perrin looked awesome mm-hmm. Uh, even Lan, I know people are still kind of, eh, is, is it the right actor? I, no, I, I think it looks I, great. I think he looks great. I yeah. think he looks, I think he, lo- I think he looks great too. I, he's actually the character who I feel I like the most in terms yeah. of, in terms of a look. I, it's, I, to me, it's, you know, I think we think Lan more of like this bigger sort of guy, right? I mean, they're like a bodybuilder. Um, but I, I think it, he blends that style all well. Now, you know who we didn't see? We didn't see Tom Marilyn. We did not. Yeah. We saw Loyal. Or excuse me, um, not Loyal. We saw um Logan, who I meant Logan. to say, but we Logan. did not we didn't see Tom Marilyn. So that's interesting, right? Um Tom would be as they leave Emmons Field in the books, he would be with them. This is where we go back to we did a lot of speculation for season one. Where do we think they're gonna move pieces around and stuff like that? I I Tom is someone they pick up along the way, I kind of feel like now. Which I don't know if I like that. I I like that he was in Emmons Field and and there in the beginning, you know. Um, so so that that might be a little bit different. But can can I can I just say real quickly, Logan looks awesome, awesome. It looks great. And that yeah, there's a there's an image of him in a cage, right? And he looks disheveled. He looks angry. He looks upset. He 
looks like a caged dragon. He, he does. He does. So I, um, it, it was also really cool that they had, not only did they have red sisters there, right? They had a green sister. And I believe, so the green is the battle Aja, right? They're, they're now, like they stand ready. They're always ready for war and for the last battle. But they're, they're definitely someone you would take if you're the red Aja maybe and you want to, if Logan's as big of a deal as, as we think he's going to be, you're going to take one of the green sisters with you. And I think the head of their Aja, and someone can correct me, I, I don't have it up in front of me. I think it's like their their battle general kind of thing. Like they like they like that the green Aja, people are speculating as to who that is behind yeah, known as the Captain General, the head of the Green Aja. Um so that was her sitting right behind Logan, I think, with flanked by some red sisters. Is that look? Did you see that Logan uh, yeah. photo? Yep. Does that look like yep. a green sister? Yeah. That yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it's kind of dark, but the whole picture is kind of dark, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly. But yeah, it looks more green than it looks like any other color. Yeah, which I think is neat because what we read in the books is basically that I I can't remember if they said green sisters went as well, but I know it was like the red Aja essentially went down um, to 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 get him. So that was just it. Just looks sick. Yeah. Um, okay, as well, let's dive in, uh, before we, we'll dive into the chapters here in, um, here in a second, we're just going to take a, uh, quick break from, you know, one of our sponsors and then we'll come back and we'll hit up these chapters. All right, friends, here we go. We are getting ready to dive into these chapters. Um, Matt, also I want to mention before we get going and all of that, we do have the extended edition. It helps the podcast. It is now on Patreon and it is on Apple Podcast. It's a premium. You can click on that and you get access to not only uh, our Patreon or our Patreon content, our extended edition. Here you get the extended edition on Bend the Knee, the extended edition on Hyperspace Hangout, and the extended edition on The Matt Nez Show. So, Basically, it's all wrapped up in one. It's something new that Apple's done, and we're putting all that stuff out there for you guys. It really helps Matt and I uh, on the podcast and just kind of helps us keep growing. And it encourages, encourages us to flat out do more content. Like, we like making the content, and it takes a lot of time and effort. Um, we are actually also going to start moving to maybe somewhat shorter episodes. Uh, not shorter episodes, but... I think this this week we're doing less what, chapters. four or five chapters. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe less chapters. So there might so we might spend a few more episodes on the books, um, just because some of these blocks it were past the stage of sort of we're just traveling, and now it's like we're getting into the really the nitty gritty of these, and a lot of these things matter, and it's like it's hard to say. Well, how do we sort of pace this? Because you go from chapters that are. 20 minutes you have like five chapters that are 20 minutes and then have like two chapters that are an hour each and it's like well you just so it, it just kind of changes but um and this these books right here this block of books yeah uh, there's a great website i don't have it pulled up in front of me right now but it shows you word count and these are like three of the biggest books mm-hmm. in in the series so yeah um as we move as we get closer to uh what's next lord of chaos right that's book six yeah. i believe yeah yes yep yeah, so as we get closer to that, that one might end up being quite a bit more parts. So um, here we go. So chapter 44 is the lesser sadness. Chapter 45, after the storm. Chapter 46, other battles, other weapons. And chapter 47, the price of a ship. So uh, chapter 44, actually, uh, man, as things are going to really get kind of crazy here. Uh, to say to say the least, as we're mm-hmm. as we're edging closer to the end of this book, so a, the lesser sadness. We start off with Matt and Rand, and it's from Rand's point of view, and we're in Kyrian. It isn't even noon yet, and Rand is already exhausted from channeling for hours at a time. Egwene and Avienda have taken to channeling in turns to give each other a chance to rest. Rand has no one to share his burden with. Rand sees bands of Aiel fighting everywhere. Mostly, they are too closely meshed for him to do anything about it. He has seen the column of Tyrian and and Kyrianen fighting Aiel a number of times, appointing Mel Mel Naril. after sending uh, Weremon to Tyr to deal with the Aelianers, proves to be a mistake. Nothing Rand can do about it now. Outside the city, Rand can see the Kyrianen decided to make a sortie. They are not getting very far, though, so Rand channels to prevent the Shido from entering the city. 
How many of his own did he kill in that action? Wow. Rand feels another man Channing. Uh, Osmodian is tempted to even uh, is tempted even from his tent, it seems. Bolts of lightning plow through the maidens and hit the base of the observation tower. It slowly slants over. Rand manages to, to grab Egwene and Avienda before the tower comes crashing down and Rand loses consciousness. As he wakes up, Avienda and Egwene are with him. Both look severely shaken, but not seriously injured. With them not holding the clouds anymore, rain is starting to come down, and Rand now re- realizes that Samael is responsible for the attack. Mm-hmm. The maidens have not escaped their destruction either. Many have been killed or are wounded. So much for keeping them safe. His first impulse is to go after Samael, but Avienda and Egwene talk him out of that. He has other responsibilities today. A messenger comes in saying the four clans who have not chosen sides are on the move. He tells the messenger to tell Han to keep them off their backs. Not that the clan chief needs to do that to not that the clan chief needs to be told what to do. If he is going to be of any use in the battle, he will have to get closer to the fighting. He calls for his horse and tells Sulin he needs a guard. He gives strict orders to make sure that the wounded stay behind and to make sure that they are well guarded. If he had if he had it his way, all the maidens would stay behind, but that is not going to happen. He has trouble mounting his horse, and Egwene comments on that. She has uh, she has had similar trouble getting in the saddle, so Rand suggests she lets Sorella check her out. That certainly makes uh, her close her mouth. Uh, yeah, so this is it. We're in the action. We're outside of Kyrian, and we're battling the Shido. Uh, they're channeling from this observation tower, which is pretty cool, which, which plays a, a piece, the looking glass and the inventors, people who are making these things that will pay, pl- play a piece later on, like land, or, um, Rand and well, probably land too. uh, see the benefit and, and using technology to their advantage and, and whatnot. So from that tower, he's able to kind of oversee the battle, uh, and help out with channeling wherever he can. He has no one to take a break with or to help him and he does exhaust himself that's sort of what Rand does he a lot of times one of the themes or the reoccurring motifs is that he is just exhausted and drained and pushed to his absolute uh max so it's 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 a cool sequence here where he's fighting and then he's feeling a male channeler thinks about Osmodian who's back in the tent uh, who's supposed to be J- Jason Natal, right? He's supposed to be this Gleeman, but he can channel. He's a secret Forsaken that is training Rand, and he realizes later on it's Samael. It's actually one of the Forsaken who is striking out against him. There's lightning strike. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Battling is happening by these mystic channelers, and it's it's sick. You imagine what this would look like in the show. Big battle going on, and two platforms or maybe someone in a different location. You remember in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf is on the mountain and he's fighting Saruman from afar type of thing? That yes. makes me think of of this a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting too. We're seeing, you know, it's it's been a while because Rand has been doing so many big feats, right? Uh, now it's almost like he's exhausted a little bit because they've been channeling so hard. And so we, this is it's the first time in a while that we've seen Rand... Um, sort of challenged, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And he's, these are the, Robert Jordan does it to kind of push his character and to push him into more extreme situations. He needs to learn from Osmodian. He's going to go back and and confront him and talk to him about what he, he doesn't know and what does he need to know. Uh, the characteristics of Samuel, the, the other forsaken, that's his main sort of fight right now. He also is, he, he wants to rush in. You know, he wants to go right after him, fight him, take him on right now. And the women around him, his advisors are cautioning him to say, no, like, be steadfast, right? <laughs> and and right. just, just kind of calm down for a second. So that's that's really where we are. And Matt, but don't forget, Matt is also out there fighting and you've got him, his whole point of view. And, too. and, and we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we can get to him right now too. So, um, so with the shift over to Matt's point of view, rain is pouring down on Matt as he overlooks the surrounding terrain. The 3000 men following him are crammed in the Valley behind him. Three times he has seen the battle now and three times he has managed to keep them alive. The battles have almost pushed him back to his starting point. 
He should be able to see Ram's, uh, Rand's observation tower from here, but he can't seem to find it. He should leave his soldiers and move south again. Uh, he should, he should, but Matt keeps studying the train. Uh, Estian, uh, Nalcian, uh, Deridid, and uh, Talmanus ride up to him, and another group of Aiel is approaching. They are heading straight for them, and it seems that Kuladin himself is with this band. Matt would like to avoid another battle, but like the previous ones, it is catch or be caught. So Matt gives the orders. He will have the horsemen outflank the Aiel. There is no question about who is in charge anymore. He has kept them alive so far, so the men have confidence in him. Matt decides to stay with the pikemen this time. When he takes his place, uh, Darid uh, asks him if he means to slay Kuladin himself. Uh, he respects him as a soldier. Someday he would like to hear Matt's story, but he knows young blood is hot. Matt tells him he can keep his head and tries to convince himself that this is not the reason why he stayed with the pikes this time. Matt tells them to raise the cry, protect the Lord Dragon, as soon as the Aiel are in sight. That should keep their attention fixed on the infantry. It's a big gamble, the biggest Matt has taken so far, but the dice are rattling in his head. Yeah. Well, and you, you this had is a thoughts- key. That's a huge moment. Yeah, you had thoughts about this, right? So Kooladin is in this band. We'll get to, I think it's the next chapter where we learn what happens here. But basically, it's set up right here for Matt to face down Kooladin. Yeah. Um, you can jump ahead and, and I talk guess we, about it. We, yeah. so, right. So, so, we're, so obviously, even, you know, even though this is a sort of a first read, we're assuming that you read the chapters that we laid out, which actually now we've shortened. Um, but I guess still in that sense, because uh, I, I, I try to remember exactly what chapter it's, it's the next is. It, is next it, chapter is it the, is it is it the absolute next chapter yep. yeah so so the next chapter uh, which i guess we can kind of dive into too we, you, you can kind of sort of view these um ahead here so basically we'll, we'll get let me talk a little bit about what happens to Rand, and then we can jump right into what happens with matt and sort of i guess talk about it as 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 sort of a whole here yeah. so at this time matt is getting ready to basically take on Kooladin. Yeah. Um, and then we shift back to Rand and Rand is exhausted. He can barely hold on to the source. Samael's attacked him twice or more, three times. He doesn't know. Um, and he's kind of just in disarray, right? Lana's there. Osmodian's helping with the wounded. Um, and Rand lets himself get taken back to the camp, right? And so yeah. Rand is basically going to go rest. Yep. Uh, and the last thing he hears is land calling from Moraine. So now we shift back to Matt. Um, and it says Matt is sitting on a boulder, nursing several bruises and cuts. He got in the fight with Kooladin. The mm-hmm. man nearly killed him, uh, but his head is on the pike now. And it's it's just it to me. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of disappointed by that. Like I'm like in one way, I was kind of disappointed. Because the last book made it seem like this, like Rand versus Kooladin is going to be this epic fight, right? Right. I mean, Rand should wreck him easily. Yeah. I yep. mean, Rand should, but but it was sort of like the last book ended with this, what should be this big moment of Matt or Rand and Kooladin having like a stare down fight and Rand showing him exactly, you know, I'm the dragon reborn. And then not only does matt be the one who ends up killing him he sort of kills him off screen uh, yeah he does yeah you don't really see the fight um you just get this like i was i gotta say i was i was in like the only the only sort of thing i take and I'll, I'll sorry to interrupt the oh, only good. thing that i sort of took away from this it was that lan and ran and ran sort of kind of like edging matt on to sort of stay mm-hmm. is sort of the takeaway is sort of the takeaway from this but I was, I, it almost ruined the book for me, to be entirely honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I remember you had sent me a message and, and you were almost a little bit discouraged about covering this next batch of chapters when we were talking. Cause we had, um, just because of time difference, we had this planned out to cover a little bit earlier, um, last week, but we were kind of like, and I'm just not feeling it. It's hard to kind of when something something hits you. And we, I talked to a friend, Sir Jimmy, about this. There's something that happens at the end of this book that doesn't sit well with him at all. And we are hoping to bring him on to have him talk about that because I think it's interesting to hear people go through and get their authentic reactions to to some of this stuff. Like 
Hooligan, the buildup is there. Rand's going to face him. You feel like that's happening. But then Samael is attacking and Matt is now out here, fights him. And maybe it would have been cooler if we would have saw the fight. But like you said, not only is it not Rand, you don't even get to see the fight. And it's just his head's on a pike. It's done. Killed him. Yeah. Um, and I know it's meant to be some shock factor. Like, wait, what? He killed Kooladin kind of thing. But you almost want the the reward or the payoff there is let's let's have the fight let's show us how good matt really is or is Kooladin really nothing is he really way beneath all of them and it wasn't that big of a deal this is the man nearly killed him so he must have been as good as galad and gawain yeah and i guess i guess for me and this is where i'm sort of at with this book is we had so like the last book ended in such an awesome way that i was re- i was so ready to jump the last book had me more ready the ending of the shadow rising yeah i think is the second best ending of where of, of the four we're in the fifth book now because the great hunt ending is just amazing it's just, it's just <laughs> it's so it's so epic it's 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 the best so far yeah. but that was by far the second best and i think could end up still being one of my favorite endings as we as we progress forward mm-hmm. um but then we start this book with Eliida, and yeah. i was like okay well whatever and we yeah. have and parents <laughs> not even in it and then all of the epic build-up that we had was like okay cool it in. like i was like i'm ready for Rand to just go wreck cool it in yeah and then it's just sort of given to matt and then it happens off screen so it's not even like matt has an epic fight and it sort of makes it awesome that he did it now again this could this, some of the stuff could get explained later sure. and so i'm still opened up to that we haven't finished the book yet but right now um I really this book may be my least favorite even yeah. more than the dragon yeah. born which i didn't like because there wasn't a lot of rand but i think like the last the the dragon reborn um sort of some of my issues with that book were just like uh like the pacing a little bit of it i was like okay well whatever and then we're we were jumping around and like the end of it is is cool like the end yeah. the end of it is definitely cool right we get calendar and all that kind of stuff and so it does have a sort of cool end that all kind of happens all at once um but this book i've just felt sort of disappointed throughout i i guess and yeah. that's just really kind of like solidified it a little bit more for me. Yeah. And, and just, you know, so uh, as we lead into this next couple, these next couple parts, I was talking to Sir Jimmy about this at one point and our friend, Matthew Perry, Sir, Sir Matthew, uh, Sir Matthew Perry, he's just finished up the shadow rising and, and we have a little group chat with some of our bannermen he's, over. He's, uh, he's so pumped. He's like, this, yeah, this, that's he's like, I, I cannot was. wait. He literally said it, I think two days ago, he's like, I cannot wait to get into the next book. I'm so pumped and then by the end of this book you're like wait what uh so i will say there's other you know exciting pieces coming up but i'm interested to see what if it, if it's enough if it's enough for you or uh even even jimmy and, and other readers and, and listeners i mean send us a pigeon like is this something that was off-putting for you and you you're not really a fan of cool being killed by matt because i kind of just rolled with it i was like okay whatever i mean and, and he, I'm like, Rand's getting attacked by 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 Samael, and he's dealing with the Forsaken and, and all this, you know, stuff. But one of my big kind of um, critiques, I guess, is that I lose. I remember losing track of the Forsaken. Who's who? Who is um, who is Rand fighting? Who's who's he really after? Where are they? And what are they doing? So Samael is where and who who's attacking him? It's why sometimes in our extended edition we cover the Forsaken and we we try to do character arcs like we covered. Where is Loyal been? Where is Lanfear? Where where has she been this whole time? And we run back through the whole series up to the point where we're at. So if you're into that kind of thing and you want more of that, again, extended edition is where we do that. And I think we'll probably do that for the Forsaken in this batch of chapters just to remind ourselves of Samael and what has happened because it's a lot to keep track of and then say it has to be significant because the buildup and the focus has been Kooladin chasing him down in the Shido and, and everything that, that that they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, the uh, the thing about it too, as is that this is a big, long book series and we spend so much time and you, you and I have talked about this. We spend so much time going over like 
Nynaeve tugging her hair time and time mm-hmm. and time again. And the girls have been captured, you know, five times right at the, at, at this point. Yeah. And then we have an entire book's worth of buildup. Yeah. That we, the, 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 the last book ends. <laughs> yeah. My friend with cool it. He is the next big villain. And then we just kill him off screen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm yeah, sorry, probably. guys. I'm kind of disappointed right now. Matt's upset. It was a, <laughs> It literally, I, 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 it, if I were, I, I, if I weren't reading this for the podcast, I think this would have been a, this would have been a point for me where it's like I haven't actually been inspired to go finish the next block of chapters. Yeah, because no, yeah, because yeah. I've, I've been that off put by this. I'm just like, well, just really? wait, <laughs> just wait, <laughs> because th- this is not even the part that like Sir Jimmy and I, I hope this people don't think this is spoiler. Maybe just more intrigued to keep reading. Um, the parts that we still have to cover, the parts that uh, were off putting for him and for other people and people on Reddit who I've looked at and like, what are some difficult parts of the series that maybe stop you in your tracks or say. I guess like you get through you you get to a point people talk about the slog right they talk about this this batch of books coming up where you're going to have to really push through is this one of those moments where you're like I'm not motivated to to move forward that so put that was so upsetting that I'm just sort of like I don't like that and it's hard to move forward that is interesting yeah yeah for me yeah for for me I don't like I can get through the stuff where it's just sort of repetitive and that yeah. but this I guess was sort of I was like, yeah, just, just a, and I don't know why, because I've, I've, I've definitely watched TV shows where you sort of build somebody up and then they, they die prematurely and it wasn't as big of a deal, but I guess, uh, I guess I don't know why, I guess maybe because we're so close to the end of this book that it felt like, Hey, we were gearing up for this sort of, this sort of (laughs) battle. And I, 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 I think I, I think for me, it was more so that, it wasn't even that Matt killed Kooladin. Mm-hmm. It was that it basically happens off screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's just like, well, we just built this guy up to be so big and then you just kill him off screen. So it sort of damages the, how cool the ending of the last book was for me, I think. Yeah. And I think if you were doing a, a show adaptation of this, you would probably say Kooladin has to be well cast and off he screen. has to, on screen and the whole thing and you have to They'll show it yeah that's your action sequence it's it's bizarre to say that you, that you wouldn't do it so um and i never thought about it this much I, I i think it's interesting you know i was laughing there for a second as you were talking because it's like this whole this whole series is a 14 book build up to Rand finding like finally having that epic moment right, right? you know <laughs> so it's like it's like it's such a you build it up and then you're like what we didn't get the moment we we thought and then we build it up and we do get maybe a subtle like that's a good moment and then we back up a little bit it's just this ebb and flow of Rand build up where other characters have their moment but then like you said you want to see the moment if it's Matt that's fine let me see it i want to you know i want to hear the epicness of it so because you don't know who lives who who doesn't make it who gets to the end battle and ultimately you have no idea as, as to where those arcs are going so everyone is still kind of at risk and you know as a writer there's i mean look at look at the like the harry potter series and all these other book series i mean game of thrones does it well someone in one book who is a big character dies boom and we move on is that what robert jordan's after is he more of an epic fantasy writer where you can kind of tell that certain characters are going to make it and they're not going others aren't you don't know yet and right so yeah i don't know i mean it's a four it's four it's 14 books i mean I, we could do a little you know i think you could have fit a little less hair tugging with Nynaeve and a little less you know getting upset with Nynaeve in this book and mm-hmm. had one page that says you know they stared each other down and matt made one move it was quicker than Kooladin's and Kooladin was dead yeah yeah, <laughs> I get you. That's that's just where I'm at on it. Sorry, guys. I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to harp on it, but 
Yeah. It's just, it's just, that's just, that's just how I am. So anyway, we'll, we'll move on just, just like uh, the book. So, um, so anyway, as, as we move on here, Rand's point of view, uh, Rand wakes up and finds that his, the wound in his side has closed. Avienda tells him that Moraine healed him. Osmodian tries to lecture him without giving him, giving, uh, herself away until Avienda shuts him up and then gives him a lecture of her own. They also tell him that the wise ones are still meeting, um, on the uh, four undecided clans. Rand is not yet invited to join them, and it seems that Matt has just killed Kuladin. He didn't escape the pull of a Tavirin after all, which I guess, you know, that was sort of the mm-hmm. here you go, payoff for it. Um, so Rand thinks about the situation for a bit. He wants to go after Samael, but decides the situation in Kyrian demands his attention. He decides uh, that he needs to get to the city and see if um, Melane uh, um, is still alive. Rand asks Osmodian to get his horse. Avienda tries to stop him, but Osmodian tells him that um, Melane, I hope that's if that's correct, yeah. uh, has already been to the camp. He brought flowery words of praise and loyalty to the dragon reborn. Uh, the Kyrian play the game of houses in their sleep, and the game for the Sun Throne has already started. Rand intends it for someone none of them will expect, though. He discusses the situation with Avienda and Osmodian for a bit and then realizes Avienda is just trying to keep him in his tent. He orders Osmodian to get his horse or he will do it himself. Yeah, so they're talking about entering the city and actually even just to kind of tie in that last bit on on the Matt chapter, um, he's basically approached by his men saying, hey, we deserve uh, a spot of honor in the front for the procession of going into the city, which is kind of cool. You get this more of this, um, it seems real, right? That these men would say, hey, we want to be next to the dragon reborn. We want to be up at the front walking into this city because we killed Kool-Aidin. Uh Matt was our commander and we killed him, so we should have some prestige there. So there's the tie-in for the end of that. And then, yeah, uh, Rand has been knocked out the wound in his side, going clear back to the Great Hunt where he got that thing, and that has been plaguing him for a long time. It's healed up a bit. More rain comes and goes on it, but it's it's still going to be an issue. And every time he does massive amounts of channeling, it seems to open up and rip open again. So that's something to keep an eye on. And and yeah, and he doesn't go after Samael. He does decide I need to go in and settle things in Kyrian. One of the big things he keeps talking about, and I can't pronounce his name either. It's the Lord of Tear that that Melion. Um, Melion, yeah, 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 that's that's right. Yeah, and so that's basically to go in there and make sure that the Tyrans and the Kyrianans are all kind of getting along and that things are going to go well. I mean, he's he was already worried about that before the battle, and now we don't want the Kyrianan to be, just because we came to their rescue, there's tensions between the Aiel and the Kyrianan. Tyr maybe wants to take advantage of that and wants some recognition, so Rand's got to go in there and just say, guys, the focus is... The last battle, getting everybody ready, that type of thing. The Aes Sedai are focused on that as well. There are bigger things, but the other people, they don't get that yet. They, they, don't, they don't see that. They still want to make their riches. They want to get their renown and all, and all of that. And that's what we're going to see him dealing with. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, over, uh, let's move on to chapter 46, Other Battles, Other Weapons. So Rand is wounded and weak, but still insists on going to conquer Kyrian. Uh, Avienda tries to persuade him to stay and rest, but after failing to do so, she agrees to let him go if he can find his clothes. Rand finds his clothes hidden underneath Avienda, and true to her word, she let him ride out, proving uh, provided that she can accompany him. Rand rides out towards Kyrian, accompanied by Avienda, uh, Pevin, which is uh, his, and his uh, his bannerman, and Osmodian. He takes notice of the many Shido prisoners who have been made uh, Gaishain and worries about their loyalty to Giotto. He also sees the scarlet he- uh, head uh, banded Siswaman uh, for the first time. When Rand arrives in Kyrian, he is greeted with the sight of death, a field swarming with flies, ravens, and vultures. The uh, Kyrian foregate has been burned to ashes as well. The people of Kyrian, however, cheer him as he enters. As Rand enters the city beyond the gates, he is greeted by the High Lord uh, Melian and a dozen lesser Tyrian lords. They are angered and surprised since Rand did not let them know he was coming. They accompany him to the meeting at the Royal Palace of Kyrian, together with an escort of 20 maidens chosen by Sulin. 
When Rand gets to the palace, he is greeted by the remaining Tyrian High Lords. They get angry at Melian for going to greet Rand on his own. He then puts them off balance by smiling warmly to some and giving cool, hostile looks to others. Just keeping them on their toes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Rand enters the Grand Hall of the Sun, he is offered the Sun Throne. He refuses it, saying that it belongs to someone else. Rand notices that the Tyrian lords take up the front rows. He tells the nobles and assembles themselves by rank so that the Kyrian and nobility can have their rightful place. He then orders that the Tyrian flags that fly above the city should remain, but all but one dragon banner should be taken down and replaced with the banners of the Kyrian. Um, after hearing his orders, the Kyrian nobility cheer him as well. Agreeing with advice that Moraine has given him, Rand takes oaths of fealty from all the nobles present in the Grand Hall of the Sun, Kyrian and Tyrian alike. Luce Theron's voice agrees that they are taking their oaths of loyalty, even if only on the surface. It is the best way to sure that Kyrian is behind him for the strike that he is planning against Samael. Yeah, so there's this undertone. This is this is where there's um, things woven in here, and this is why these books are so are so massive. So he doesn't take the Sun Throne, and you got to keep track of all these thrones and these kingdoms, and these lands, and who's doing what because you have this. People are vying for that that throne. It's a it's a seat of power, and Rand doesn't take it. He says it's for another, but you know for a fact that there are lords and people in there who want that or who who maybe want to be close to him if he were to take the throne he's still the dragon reborn all all this stuff so that's kind of your game of thrones situation going on underneath and as loose theron says yeah it's it's important to get this pledge of fealty to him even if he's just the you know he's beyond he's beyond the sun throne the sun throne is for someone else and whoever that is going to go to is it's whatever but that's kind of something to watch. It's something I lost track of the first time I was reading, which is who are all of these Tyran lords and Kyrianan lords that are fighting over the Sun Throne or seats of power in Tyr, and then you throw Andor and and Camelin into the mix with uh, more gaze and everything that's going on there too. So it's it's a lot of that, you know, fighting going on between regions. Yeah, and. Um... You know, as it's the the loose Theron, right? Yeah, popping up here. Yep. Yeah, he's back. He's in his mind, and so that's another bit of Rand. Is he? Who is he? Who is Rand? Is he's the dragon reborn? Is that the dragon's loose Theron, and he's come back again? He's in his mind. He almost has like a split personality, right? I mean, he's 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 recognizing when he's speaking as Luce Theron or when Luce Theron is speaking to him. Sometimes it seems like Luce Theron is trying to get a bit more control than maybe Rand wants him to have. So he's got a lot lot going on. And that's maybe is that or is it just the madness? You know, is, is that that could be also a part of the madness as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um next chapter, which is the final chapter we're gonna be talking about today which is 47. So now we're going to shift back here. So this now we're going back to Nynaeve um, and Elaine. So the price of a ship. So Nynaeve is in her wagon in the circus, uh, and it's been there for three days, waiting for a ship to come so that they can finally leave for Saladar. She's been having nightmares for the past few days about Mogadi, the prophet, uh, Burgett shooting arrows at her and not missing, and of uh, Eliida being in charge of Saladar. She has also dreamed of Egwene and is confused as to why Egwene has been appearing in so many of her dreams. Nynaeve receives her new clothes from Val and Luca, cut low and in bright colors, and she is upset about having to wear them. Elaine is in the wagon with Nynaeve. There have been tension between the two for the past three days. It's just they've been quarreling a lot. Elaine tells Nynaeve that she's been dreaming about Egwene as well. After uh, comparing their dreams, they realize that they have both had the same dreams and that Though the dreams, Egwene has been talking to them and updating them on Rand's victory in Kyrian. Elaine convinces Nynaeve to use the Teron Grial ring to visit the Heart of the Stone in Teleron Riyadh. It is an attempt to try and meet with uh, Egwene. Nynaeve is afraid to use it after her encounter with Mogadine, and then Burgett enters the wagon without knocking and surprises Nynaeve, who in turn snaps at her. Forget snaps back and uh, it takes a lane to stop the two from quarreling further. I don't know, man. I don't know that I uh, 
quarrel much with uh, forget forget silver bow. No, okay? I I I I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> she does not seem like the kind of person who I would try to be, who I would try to tell off. Right. Um, so Elaine and Eve and Brigitte go to question Tom and Julian. Both men are hurt, and Tom is bleeding from a cut in his scalp. Elaine forgets her anger when she sees Tom and runs over him to tend to his wound. And Eve refuses to use healing on the men, even though she is uh, angry enough to channel. Tom tells the girls that uh, Samara's school of silver pike around a chunk of bloody meat. Um, Samara's a school, sorry, around of silver pike around a chunk of bloody meat. There are mobs on every street hunting, hunting dark friends and anybody else who isn't uh, ready to hail the prophet as the one true voice of the dragon reborn. Mm-hmm. Uno comes through uh, the wagons to tell Elaine and Nynaeve that he has found a ship for them, but that it's going to be near impossible to get it because of the riots in the town. Nynaeve tells Uno that nevertheless, she expects him to keep his word about getting the ship. Elaine tries to flatter Uno and reminds him of the Shinaran's bravery and fighting skills. Forget gives Uno a back massage. Uno agrees to take them to the ship, but tells them that there is fighting on the docks between the prophet's men and the white cloaks. And that's what started the riots in Samara. Nynaeve then realizes that she might have caused, uh, caused this by asking Galad to find a ship. Galad comes to tell Nynaeve that he kept his word and secured a ship for them. And he has paid for their passage on it. And the white cloaks are now holding it until they can get to it. And Eve is upset at Galad for not realizing the consequences of the actions and the riots it caused. And Galad doesn't understand why Nynaeve is upset. He only thought that he gave his word and kept it. Valen Luca then arrives, battered as well, and tells everyone that they are leaving Samara within the hour. Nynaeve tells Luca that they are not continuing with the circus and offers them the rest of the money that she promised him. Luca refuses the money and asks Nynaeve to stay, telling her that he wants uh, to marry him right you know uh have his children that's that seems kind of funny but Nynaeve declines his offer telling him that she is betrothed to another man Luca agrees to let her go but tells her that she is the only one for him and he will find her again and that she will choose him over Lan wow good luck buddy don't let Lan hear you say that okay that's that's uh yeah yeah somebody else who I would not try to anger no, I would not either. Luca, he's he's crazy. Um, he's just running his show, and he just wants to make money, and he's passionate. He's in love. Nani's beautiful, so absolutely. But the thing is, so what's going on here, right? Is the prophet is is freaking nuts. Rulers are coming to the prophet. Yes. He's he knows the position of power that he's in. He's also he also believes though, like he's doing good for the dragon. He believes that he is trying to set people in this way that is your focus should not be on your wealth and your riches and prosperity of the kingdom. It's prepare for the last battle and the will of the dragon. And he's getting a bit carried away. Uh, The white cloaks are also a contentious group and they are now fighting with some of the prophet and Samara is just blowing up. It's just going crazy. Galad does what Elaine says he's, he's capable of doing, which is uh, at his, Mm, gosh, at the cost of other uh, of of a riot breaking out or bad things happening, he he fulfills his promise. He does what's right um, to his detriment or the detriment of others. That's sort of what he does. He's he's doing what he believes is good and right, but it's almost like this chaos, chaotic good, as as we as you've talked about in the in the past, yes. and and that's what he's done here. He's he stirred this up to the point where. He thinks he's doing a good thing. He's fulfilling his word. He's helping his sister and her friend uh, get away, as he said. But it's at a great cost for other people around him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you're also involved in the White Cloaks, right? The White Cloaks are holding this ship. Yeah. What's that say about them? And what's that make them look like? And, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting, too, because here the White Cloaks, because of Galad, are helping our sort of group when... In the last book, uh, you know, we've had bad run-ins with the White Cloaks. So it's kind of, are they, do we now trust them or do we not trust them? Yeah, do we or don't we? Yeah, it's interesting that he joins up with them because we don't, remember, by the way, Jeffrey Bornhold um, and and, uh, the whole situation in the beginning of The Great Hunt. Like, you had a White Cloak who was a good guy, who did seemingly say that we shouldn't be too that their zeal was almost too much or we shouldn't be seeing dark friends in every corner. Like there is a spark of that and the children could be good, but 
boy, they, for, for the most part, are just their dark friend pointing every single person they can just to, you know, throw their weight around. It kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, okay, so the chapter finishes. We go back to Elaine's point of view. So Elaine tries to persuade um, Caradin um, that the, the Reddit handler to come with them on the ship. Uh, Carindon refuses to leave the Serenit behind in the hands of the people who are afraid of them. Elaine tells uh, Carindon that she is the daughter heir of Andor, but he doesn't believe her. Elaine tries to take uh, Carindon with her by force, but uh, Carindon twists her arm. Brigitte stands there without doing anything or even trying to help. So Elaine then confronts Brigitte, finds that the Brigitte doesn't believe her either. She gets angry, screams in frustration, and strides away. So it's just kind of a, it's just sort of a little, yeah. little extra piece to the chapter. It's not really sort of a whole lot, but you do get a little more of, of Elaine here um, throwing her weight around. I mean, she is the daughter heir of Andor. Whether people believe it or not, they'll believe it at, at some point. Yeah. Well, and also she's trying to get used to her new warder and filling out her warder and you're getting some, some uh, character building of, of Brigitte and what she is willing to do and not willing to do with Nynaeve and Elaine. Uh, which 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 is interesting. Also, there was a bit too earlier before all this sort of broke out. Um, the dream world, which Matt has not entered yet, he has not fallen into the dream world. I will be. Yet. I will. He's I will be here. I will be here shortly. Soon, <laughs> very soon. Um, but but uh, Nynaeve is has struggling going to that world. Uh, Elaine is trying to encourage her. Get over your fears. Forget same thing. Get over that. Mogidian is there. She feels like she really messed up, and that's that's a bigger moment. It's almost like. I feel like it could be, I don't know, because sometimes we're seeing things through like Nynaeve's point of view. She's almost in denial sometimes of this. And we, the reader can, can pick up on like the fact that she, she says she's, she's scared of it, I guess. But at the same time, we know what she needs to do to kind of overcome that fear. And we, we watch her not do that. And it's kind of a struggle for us uh, to see her go through this and other characters around her. Same thing. It's not really your fault. Um, You're dealing in matters that are way beyond, your skill set you guys are just accepted you're not even full Aes Sedai which is what the wise ones recognize and they warn Elaine and Nynaeve about going into the dream world you just you, you got to be careful that is Mogadian's um or Mogadine everyone say it her territory and Lanfear believes it's hers as well so it's a dangerous place to be and she now recognizes that and it's going to be important to, to remember that and to pay attention to that going forward because that there's an arc there that you can tell needs to be finished and I need needs to go back and face her fears in that world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So this block of chapters, you know, just we, we shortened it a little bit um, than, than we normally do, but I think it makes it easier as we go forward to finish this book by having it in two separate parts. Cause some of these chapters we're about to jump into are like an hour long each. Uh, so I think that sort of is, is, is a, is a good way to split these up. So, you know, ultimately, I guess my big, my big sort of takeaway from, from this block of chapters, you know, since this is, I guess, more Rand, Rand Matt focused, um, Rand is, uh, he's pushed himself kind of beyond his limits. I think that's something to take uh, note of going forward. He's hearing loose Theron again. So, you know, he was injured with his side um, because it's been, I, I would say a good while since we've seen Rand sort of, challenged right uh mm -hmm. seems like he sort of goes through these ebb and flows of being incredibly powerful not knowing how to control it and then sort of he seems like he's invincible right uh he mm -hmm. you know then he sort of feels like he's invincible so i actually did like i liked that rand got sort of pushed back a little bit and got tired and wasn't able to and you know again i'm i'm not opposed to matt killing Kooladin. i guess i'm just a little more opposed to it being off screen or off sure. page uh just because i think that was like a cool moment and it could have been a great moment um but regardless of that so that's something uh you know to think about with so with matt right his brand thinks it was sort of his um Tavirin nature right mm -hmm. where him and lan kind of tricked him into uh in, in, into doing this and instead of not he didn't even just sort of lead troops as the commander he fought one-on-one -on -one and basically wins kind of finishes the battle. Uh, so that's a cool moment uh, to take away um, from Matt. And then Rand kind of goes in uh, and 
you know, tidies up the town afterwards. Uh, and we'll certainly now we can sort of see what's going to happen with him now that he's getting this bigger IEL army. Uh, and then with the girls, we are kind of just moving along, really uh, same kind of a thing. We've sort of now we're, we've got our ship and we're going to go we're going to go off. Yeah. Um, yes, they are. And, and they're still trying to track down the blue Aja and figure out which, you know, where are they? Uh, that's something we've seen. Who was it? Um, oh, Suan and uh, they've got there. We've seen get Garth Bren and, and all that. So we're we're headed towards this arc where they're going to hopefully meet up with them. That's their that's their goal, unless they're taken off course in, in some way. But mm, yeah, seems like we got to get out of Samara. That's a dangerous setup. And, and that's that's kind of where we are. It's interesting. You think they would get much further. And I'm, I'm only going to say just this and I might be considered somewhat spoiler, but like it's so interesting to me how you think a character's path is going to go one way, it goes a different way, or it doesn't get there. They don't get there as quickly as we think because there's some huge diversion and, and characters are jumping all around this world. Just the end of this book is crazy. I'll just say that. It's just crazy. So get ready for, for all of that. And we, I think we're going to be t talking a little bit in our extended edition about maybe just the next chapter. I think we're going to, we're going to cover that real quick. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. Then one thing I thought we we might do, we're thinking about putting out a, a couple more extended editions just because we want to make it worth your your while to go over there and support us on that. We might, uh, Matt, talk about some of these political figures, I think, from Kyrian and Tyr and where they're, what's going on, the plotting. It might even be, um, I, I might even do a little bit of a spoiler edition just to kind of take us forward and, and talk about them because it's, I, I lose track. I'm in the wiki now clicking on some of them and looking ahead and I'm fascinated by them. I'm not, a, I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed you, to go there. You're not. No, you're definitely not. So that's, that's for folks who are, have read and I will always mark those spoiler. Um, but I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm already, I'm intrigued again as to who these individuals are and where their arcs go. It's a lot to keep track of and it's fascinating. So that is it. We don't have any uh, pigeons. Uh, I think w one of the things, too, by the way, guys, formatting for this show as we move forward. Matt and I are doing these these smaller blocks. The other thing is we're hoping to release them more frequently. So not like just two a month. We're hoping to get like three or maybe even four episodes in a month as we get closer to the show um, so we can cover more of the book and keep up the frequency. And we're hoping that we're going to get some more maybe pigeons from you guys and just comments on YouTube videos and the Facebook group where we can talk about the show. Because when the show comes out, we'll be sw switching gears and covering that episode by episode, doing big takeaways, theories, uh, looking at individual characters and all that good stuff. So that's sort of coming up. And and as we're ramping up towards that, we're, we can now see it. We have a date. We know it's November and we're only a couple right. couple months away from that. So. We'll get the date when we get a trailer, which who knows when when that's going to be. <laughs> Today was Wednesday and we didn't get it. So, yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly end of summer. Right. So let's see here. So. Yeah, four weeks left. Tech technically it would be it should be no later than it would have to because that says they only pretty much release things on Wednesday. It would have to be no later than September 15th. Because the twenty first, which is the final the final day of, which is the first day of fall, um, would is a Tuesday. So the twenty second, which is the first day, you know, it's the second day of fall. That's a Wednesday. So it's going to have to be no later than September fifteenth, or race a liar, and I'll call him out on. Wow, it. holy! <laughs> call he said end is. of summer, and I'm he he said end of summer, and I'm holding to it, just like Claude. Claude said, "Hey, I did it, and here's here's what I said." So yeah. Cheesy cow. I, I wait, just wait for the. I'm still, by the way, I can't wait to after this clip up you holding up the picture or the, the, the what, Rafe and it's just you voting him out. <laughs> I'm voting, I'm voting him out. So, so, all right, guys. Hey, with that, um, yeah, so next time we will be, uh, in, um, we kind of changed this up a little bit here, um, because we're adding in another episode to this block, uh, to this book. So it's going to be 48 through 51 uh, and i guess you'll, you'll probably get a little bit of that early because we'll be covering uh, some of that here in extended as well so anyway with that we want to thank you for answering the call in our next episode we will be discussing the fires of heaven um chapters 48 through 51 yep if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a message at the horn of at gmail.com we will see you soon and remember that the grave is no bar to our call
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.